This is a uh, 2023 criminal law update CLE offered by the New York Appellate Digest. My name is uh, Bruce Freeman. I'm the editor of the New York Appellate Digest. These criminal law CLEs for 2023 are based on the summaries of decisions issued by our appellate courts in 2023 and chosen for summarization on the New York Appellate Digest website. These decision summaries have been compiled into monthly booklets or pamphlets called the uh, Monthly Reversal Reports. And this initial part of this criminal law CLE is based on the January 2023 criminal law reversal report. So the page numbers to this portion of the CLE relate to that January 2023 criminal law reversal report. First case is matter of Linda UU on page two. This third department case involved the family offense of disorderly conduct. An element of the offense is that it have a public as opposed to an individual dimension. An altercation between two individuals will not constitute disorderly conduct unless it somehow becomes a public problem. Here the majority held the public element was missing, but the dissent disagreed, illustrating the difficulty of the distinction. The majority wrote, Critical to a charge of disorderly conduct is a finding that the mother's disruptive statements and behavior were of a public rather than individual dimension, which requires proof of an, of an intent to threaten public safety, peace, or order. A person may be guilty of disorderly conduct only when the situation extends beyond the exchange between the individual disputants to a point where it becomes a potential or immediate public problem. And the dissent wrote, the disruptive behavior outside a daycare program in the direct presence of other adults and children took on a public dimension that was no doubt alarming to the grandmother, the child, and the bystanders. Whether intentional or not, such conduct satisfies the reckless component of, for the charge. On this record, the charge of disorderly conduct within the petition was established by a preponderance of the evidence and should have been sustained and it cites Penal Law Section 240.20. So again, the takeaway here is disorderly conduct must have a public element to it. Here, the majority held that the public element of disorderly conduct was missing, and the dissent disagreed. Next is People versus Reed. We're in the January 2023 Criminal Law Reversal Report, pages 4 and 5. The Second Department reversed the conviction because the judge did not instruct the jury on the offense that was charged in the indictment and the Bill of Particulars, that being possession of a weapon in a place other than in defendant's home or business. The jury was instructed they need only find defendant knowingly possessed a firearm. The court explained, quote, The defendant was charged in count one of the indictment with criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree, under the theory that on the date in question, he knowingly possessed a loaded firearm and that such possession was not in his home or place of business, and then it cites Penal Law, Section 265.03. Uh, 
where the prosecution is limited by the indictment or bill of particulars to a certain theory or theories, the court must hold the prosecution to such narrower theory or theories. The people were required to prove at trial as an element of criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree that the possession of the loaded firearm was not in defendant's home or place of business. Supreme Court's instruction impermissibly removed from the jury's consideration an element of the crime. Next is People v. Bateman, page 9 of the January 2023 Criminal Law Reversal Report. Here, the Third Department dismissed the rape count because the conviction was based solely on defendant's uncorroborated admission. The court explained, quote, After reviewing the record, we find no evidence corroborating defendant's admission that he and the victim engaged in sexual intercourse a few times in August 2017. Due to the lack of corroboration, the evidence is legally insufficient to support that conviction, and the charge under count one must be dismissed. That completes the portion of this criminal law update CLA based on the January 2023 reversal report. We're now moving to the February 2023 reversal report. The first case is People v. Desmond on pages 4 and 5 of the February 2023 criminal law reversal report. Here in the Desmond case, the Fourth Department sent the case back for a ruling on the motion for a trial order of dismissal. A failure to rule on that motion cannot be considered a denial by an appellate court. So the takeaway is an appellate court can't consider the failure to rule on a motion a denial and therefore it can't consider the appeal of that issue and it must send it back for a ruling. Next is People v. McRae, pages 5 and 6 of the February 2023 Criminal Law Reversal Report. The First Department held that the motion to vacate defendant's conviction because defendant did not receive effective assistance of counsel should have been granted. The people did not prove timely notice of an identification of the defendant and therefore the evidence would have been precluded. Defense counsel, who was made aware of the preclusion, made a motion to suppress the ID which rendered the evidence admissible. Defense counsel introduced a mugshot of the defendant after the photo identification had been suppressed, and defense counsel did not object to a detective's improper identification of the defendant in a blurry video. The court concluded there was no legitimate trial strategy behind defense counsel's conduct and reversed the conviction. Next is People v. Everson. Again, we're in February 2023, Criminal Law Reversal Report, pages 6 and 7, the Everson case. This is another ineffective assistance reversal, this time by the 4th Department. One of the robbery victims made a statement indicating the defendant was not at the scene of the shooting. That statement was consistent with the theory of the defense. Defense counsel was deemed ineffective for failing to interview the robbery victim who made that statement. The court wrote, quote, The hearing record discloses no tactical reason for defense counsel's failure to interview the second victim. Inasmuch as defendant established that defense counsel did not fully investigate the case and did not collect the type of information that a lawyer would need 
in order to determine the best course of action, we conclude that defense counsel's deficient conduct was sufficiently egregious and prejudicial as to compromise the right to a fair trial, end quote. Next is People v. Myers on pages 9 and 10 of the February 2023 Criminal Law Reversal Report. It's a court of appeals case. Here at the court, in an opinion by Judge Garcia, reversing the appellate division, held the failure to provide defendant with notice of a recorded phone conversation violated the criminal procedure law and the recording should not have been admitted in evidence. The Attorney General's office was monitoring a wiretap in an unrelated case when defendant was overheard in a call originating from the county jail talking about a fatal hit-and-run accident. Local police investigating the hit-and-run were informed of the defendant's conversation and they obtained a recording of it made by the county jail. The jail recording, which was introduced at trial, was not an intercepted conversation within the meaning of Criminal Procedure Law, Section 700.70, but the conversation overheard pursuant to the wiretap, which alerted the police to the recorded jail phone call, was an intercepted conversation, which triggered the CPL 700.70 notice. As the court explained it, quote, The substance of the wiretap recording informed law enforcement that the same conversation had been recorded by the jail, leading the Syracuse police directly to the recording that the people used as evidence at defendant's trial. In listening to the wiretap, a detective heard incriminating statements about the hit-and-run, identified defendant as the declarant, and directed authorities to the jail recording. Clearly, the jail call is evidence derived from the wiretap. It is not certain that police investigating the hit-and-run would otherwise have discovered the call Indeed, the inmate who placed the call had no apparent connection to the hit-and-run incident. Because the wiretap was an intercepted communication, the people's failure to timely furnish defendant with a copy of the eavesdropping warrant and underlying application precluded the admission of the wiretap recording and any evidence derived from it, namely the jail recording, into evidence at trial." End quote. So the takeaway here, the jail recording was evidence derived from an intercepted conversation which triggered the Criminal Procedure Law Section 700.70 notice requirements. Next is People v. Ramis, which is on pages 10 and 11 of the February 2023 Criminal Law Reversal Report. Here the Second Department, reversing the convictions which depended upon expert evidence identifying substances as cocaine and heroin, held that a proper foundation was not laid for the expert's identification of the drugs. The tested substances were compared to standard samples in the lab, but the people did not present evidence which sufficiently proved the validity of the lab samples. As the court explained it, quote, Although an expert's testimony that a substance contains a narcotic drug may be admissible when it is not based solely upon comparative tests using known standards, but is also based on other tests not involving known standards or other facts and evidence, here two of the experts relied solely upon the, on, upon the comparative tests, and their testimony should have been stricken. Further, 
while the other three experts testified that before using the comparative tests to confirm the identity of the substance, she or he employed one or more presumptive tests, each of those presumptive tests merely demonstrated the possibility that cocaine or heroin might be present in the substance, but did not confirm the presence of the narcotic drug. It was the comparison to the known standard that enabled each expert to conclude that the substance tested was heroin or cocaine. End quote. So the takeaway here is a foundation must be laid before admitting in evidence an expert's opinion that the tested substances are illegal drugs. The opinion cannot rely solely on comparative tests using known standards or presumptive tests which merely demonstrate the possibility of the presence of illegal drugs. There must be proof the known standards are accurate. Next is People versus Van Wook Hughes, I believe that is a way to pronounce it, on pages 11 and 12 of the February 2023 Criminal Law Reversal Report. In this case, the defendant indicated in the plea allocution that he did not intend to violate the order of protection, which negated his guilty plea to an aggravated family offense. The judge did not inquire to make sure defendant understood the intentional element of the offense the Fourth Department reversed the conviction and noted that an inadequate plea allocution need not be preserved for appeal. As the court explained it, quote, After acknowledging his awareness of the valid and effective order of protection directing him to have no contact with the protected person, defendant stated that he didn't intentionally violate the order of protection by sending the protected person a letter and instead asserted that any violation was unintentional. Following an off-the-record discussion between defendant and defense counsel, defendant admitted that sending the letter did, in fact, violate the order of protection, but the court did not inquire and defendant never clarified whether his conscious objective was to disobey the order of protection. Contrary to the people's assertion, which conflates the culpable mental states for acts done intentionally and those done knowingly, this is not a case in which defendants' further statements removed any doubt regarding the requisite intent, end quote. So the takeaway here is if the plea allocution negates an element of the offense, the judge must make sure the defendant understands all the elements of the offense and admits committing them. The failure to do so is reversible error, which need not be preserved for appeal. Next is People v. Rodriguez on pages 20 and 21. We're still in the February 2023 Criminal Law Reversal Report. Again, we're skipping ahead to page 20, uh, the People v. Rodriguez case. Here, an inadequate plea allocution and the judge's failure to make an adequate inquiry resulted in a reversal by the second department. Here as well, the error did not need to be preserved by a motion to withdraw the plea. As the court explained it, quote, When a defendant's recitation of the facts underlying the crime pleaded to clearly casts significant doubt upon the defendant's guilt or otherwise calls into question the voluntariness of the plea, the court has a duty to inquire further to make sure that the defendant understands the nature of the charge and that the plea has been intelligently entered. Where the court failed in its duty to inquire further, a defendant 
may raise a claim regarding the validity of the plea even without having moved to withdraw the plea. End quote. Now we're going back to pages 12 and 13 of the February 2023 criminal law reversal report to the People versus Sanders case. Again, we're on 12 and 13. Here the Court of Appeals held that placing the defendant in handcuffs before the jury came in to announce the verdict was reversible error. Before the verdict is announced and accepted by the court, the defendant remains innocent. Defense counsel objected to the handcuffs. The Court of Appeals explained it this way, quote, The reading of the verdict is an integral part of the guilt determination phase. A verdict reported by the jury is not final unless properly recorded and accepted by the court. Indeed, in accordance with Criminal Procedure Law Section 310.80, the trial court must order the jury to resume deliberations when polling elicits a negative answer from one or more jurors. As a consequence, until the jury returns to the courtroom, publicly announces the verdict, and if polled, confirms the verdict, there is no finding of guilt. Defendant is still presumed innocent, and the constitutional prohibition on restraining a defendant without explanation remains in full force. End quote. So the takeaway here is it's reversible error to place the defendant in handcuffs without explanation over a defense counsel's objection before the jury has announced the verdict and before it has been accepted. Next is People v. Truett on page 13 of the February 2023 Criminal Law Reversal Report. Here the third department noted that murder second degree is an inclusory concurrent count of murder first degree. The court explained, quote, the judgment must be modified as the two counts of murder in the second degree upon which defendant was convicted are inclusory concurrent counts of the count of murder in the first degree upon which he was also convicted. We therefore reverse his convictions for murder in the second degree and dismiss the corresponding counts in the indictment. End quote. The takeaway a conviction on the greater count requires dismissal of any inclusory concurrent counts. Next is People versus Thornton on page 14. The third department reversed the denial of defendant's motion to vacate his conviction because the judge's law clerk was the district attorney at the time of defendant's prosecution and conviction. Although the clerk was not directly involved in the defendant's prosecution, the circumstance presented the appearance of a conflict of interest. Next is People v. Bell on page 15. We're still in the February 2023 Criminal Law Reversal Report. In this probation violation case, when the defendant made his admission, the judge did not him inform him that if he were sentenced to prison, he would be subject to a period of post-release supervision. That failure rendered the admission involuntary and required reversal without the need for a motion to withdraw it. Here's how the court explained it, quote, Defendant contends that his admission was not knowing, voluntary, and intelligent because county court failed to inform him at any time that he would be subject to post-release supervision if the court sentenced him to prison. We agree. 
the people contend that defendant's challenge to the voluntariness of his admission is not preserved for our review inasmuch as he failed to move to withdraw his admission, but we reject that contention. Although defendant pleaded guilty to a probation violation as opposed to a crime, where a trial judge does not fulfill the obligation to advise a defendant of post-release supervision during the plea allocution, the defendant may challenge the plea as not knowing voluntary and intelligent on direct appeal, notwithstanding the absence of a post-allocution motion, end quote. So the takeaway here, if at the time of a guilty plea or admission, the defendant is not informed of the possibility of a period of post-release supervision as part of the sentence, the plea or admission is not voluntary. The issue can be raised on appeal without the need to make a motion to withdraw the admission. Next is People v. Mentor on page 16 of the February 2023 Criminal Law Reversal Report. Here, defense counsel's motion to disqualify a juror who appeared to be sleeping at times should not have been denied without the judges making a sufficient inquiry. The court explained, quote, Since the court failed to ask whether juror number two had fallen asleep during the jury charge, whether he had difficulty staying awake, or about any of defense counsel's specific observations, its determination that juror number two was not grossly unqualified to serve was based on speculation, end quote. Next is People v. Rayford, pages 18 and 19 of the February 2023 Criminal Law Reversal Report. Here, the Fourth Department held the judge's refusal to instruct the jury on the justification defense based upon defendants' claim the injuries were inflicted accidentally was reversible error. Defendant alleged the, complain, the complainant attacked him with a knife, and in self-defense, he grabbed her arm and pinned it behind her, causing the injuries. As the court explained it, quote, It has long been settled law that a defendant is entitled to a justification charge if there is some reasonable view of the evidence to support it, even if the defendant alleges that the victim's injuries were accidentally inflicted. That is so because the defense of justification applies fully to a defendant's risk-creating conduct, even though it had unintended consequences. End quote. Next is People v. Kemp, pages 19 and 20 of the February 2023 Criminal Law Reversal Report. Here, the Fourth Department reversing the conviction held that statements made by the 15-year-old defendant to his father in the police interview room were protected by the parent-child privilege. The defendant had requested a lawyer and the police had left the room when the conversation was recorded. The court explained it this way, quote, The application of the privilege is not, this is the parent-child privilege, is not dependent on a finding of police misconduct. We recognized as other courts have, that a young defendant will naturally look to a parent as a primary source of help and advice. The statements defendant now seeks to suppress were made in an attempt to utilize his father as such a source of assistance. It would not be consistent with basic fairness to exact as a price for that assistance his acquiescence to the overhearing presence of government agents." End quote. Next is People v. Shearer on page 21 
of the February reversal report. The second department held that a judge cannot use a pre-sentence report prepared for one offense in a sentencing for a different unrelated offense, and the sentence was vacated. Next is People v. Chung, page 22. The second department, in an opinion by Justice Wooten, clarified when a restitution hearing is required. As the court explained it, quote, This court's case law has not consistently articulated the circumstances which trigger the need for a restitution hearing in accordance with the statute, which is Penal Law Section 60.27. A restitution hearing is required when either, one, the defendant requests the hearing, or two, the record does not contain sufficient evidence to establish the appropriate amount of restitution, end quote. Next is People v. Capers, pages 24 and 25 of the February 2023 reversal report. The Second Department, affirming Supreme Court, held the search warrant was overly broad and suppression of the seized items was appropriate. The warrant described the premises to be searched as having two exterior doors, one leading to the area described by the confidential informant who had seen firearms there, and the other leading to stairs to the second floor. The informant had never been upstairs and nothing was seized from upstairs. The issue was whether the part of the warrant which authorized the search of the upstairs could be severed from the part of the warrant describing the area visited by the informant. The court reasoned that severance would be justified if the warrant described two separate apartments, but because the warrant described the premises as a single residence, it was overbroad. The Court of Appeals has held that where a warrant describes two distinct areas to be searched, a vehicle and a residence, for example, and the search of one of the areas was not supported by probable cause, the warrant may be severed. Here, although there were two entrances to the premises, it was described as a single residence, and therefore the warrant was not severable. Next is the last case in the February 2023 Criminal Law Reversal Report, People v. Allen, on pages 26 and 27. Here, the First Department, in an opinion by Justice Renwick, held that the correction law requirement that a sex offender verify his or her address every 90 days is void for vagueness as applied to homeless sex offenders. We're now going to be moving to the March 2023 Criminal Law Reversal Report, and the page references will be to that March report. The first case in the March 2023 Reversal Report, People v. Wallace on pages 8 and 9. It simply stands for the proposition that a waiver of appeal, which is not mentioned until sentencing, is invalid. Next case in the March 2023 report, People v. Hernandez, pages 13 and 14. Here, the negative impact of the guilty plea on defendant's immigration status was discussed by the judge and defense counsel prior to his entering the plea, but the possibility of deportation was not specifically explained to the defendant. 
the defendant was given the opportunity to move to vacate the plea, and the court held that under the facts, preservation was not required. So the takeaway here is because the possibility of deport deportation wasn't mentioned, uh, the defendant was given the opportunity to go back and move to vacate the plea. Next, uh, People versus Robinson, pages 15 and 16. Here in this murder case, DNA evidence discovered after the trial pointed to a different perpetrator, and the single eyewitness was 88 years old and had poor vision. Had the DNA evidence been admitted at trial, the verdict may have been more favorable to the defendant, so the conviction was reversed and a new trial was ordered. Next, in the March 23 reversal report, People v. Congdon, pages 19 and 20. Here the Fourth Department, reversing the conviction after trial and dismissing the indictment without prejudice, held that the prosecutor did not properly instruct the grand jury on the law of promoting the sexual performance of a child, and the prosecutor improperly cross-examined the defendant in the grand jury proceedings to imply he was lying. The court explained, quote, The prosecutor failed to instruct the grand jury pursuant to the holding in People v. Kent, 19 New York 3rd, page 290, that's a 2012 case, that some affirmative act is required to prove the crime and that viewing computer images of a sexual performance by a child on a computer does not by itself constitute promotion of such images. Although it is well established that a grand jury need not be instructed with the same degree of precision that is required when a pettit jury is instructed on the law, the deficiencies in the prosecutor's charge impaired the integrity of the grand jury proceeding and gave rise to the possibility of prejudice, end quote. So the takeaways here, one, the grand jury should have been instructed that some affirmative act, in addition to simply viewing child pornography on a computer, is required for the offense of promoting the sexual performance of a child. And two, the prosecutor increased the prejudice resulting from the improper instruction on the law by improperly cross-examining the defendant in the grand jury proceeding to imply that the defendant was lying. And three, even though the defendant was properly convicted at trial, the flaws in the grand jury proceeding required dismissal of the indictment. Next, People v. Alcarez Ubiles, pages 20 and 22 of the March 2023 reversal report. The Fourth Department held the judge should not have ruled for the first time at trial that a witness's identification of the defendant was confirmatory and therefore notice to the defendant wasn't required the judge should have held a Rodriguez hearing during the trial. The court explained, quote, The witness in question disclosed on cross-examination at trial that he had identified defendant as the assailant in a photograph shown to him by the police. The People's Criminal Procedure Law 71030 notice did not reference this identification. Defense counsel thus asked the court to strike the witness's testimony on the ground of lack of notice but the court, relying on the witness's trial testimony, ruled that the people were not required to give notice because the identification was confirmatory. That was error. 
As the Court of Appeals has made clear, prior familiarity should not be resolved at trial in the first instance. And that cites uh, the Rodriguez case, 79 New York 2nd, at page 452. And in any event, the witness's trial testimony was not sufficient to establish as a matter of law that the identification was confirmatory. A mid-trial Rodriguez hearing would have allowed defense counsel to flesh out the extent of the relationship between the two men, thereby allowing the court to make a more informed determination as to whether the pretrial identification of defendant was confirmatory as a matter of law, end quote. So the takeaway here, if the defense is not given notice of a witness's identification of the defendant, the witness cannot testify about the identification unless it was confirmatory. That means based on knowing the defendant. Here the judge should not have found the identification confirmatory based on the witness's trial testimony. A mid-trial Rodriguez hearing should have been held, so the matter was remitted for a hearing. Next is People v. Harvey, pages 22 and 23 of the March 2023 Criminal Law Reversal Report. Here the court simply noted that criminal possession of a weapon second degree and criminal possession of a firearm are inclusory concurrent counts. So the criminal possession of a firearm conviction and the sentence were vacated. Next is People v. Hayward, page 23. Here, the rape first and criminal sexual act first convictions were vacated as inclusory concurrent counts of the two predatory sexual assault counts. Next, Court of Appeals case, People v. Guerra, pages 24 and 25. The Court of Appeals, over a two-judge dissent, reaffirmed the rule that evidence of a victim's prior violent acts should not be admitted in support of the justification defense unless defendant was aware of those prior violent acts at the time of the incident. Here, defendant was not aware of the victim's youthful offender adjudications in which the victim acted violently. As the court explained it, quote, Defendant stabbed the victim in the chest with a small knife, causing life-threatening injuries. At trial, the court determined that defendant was entitled to raise a justification defense. Defendant sought to introduce evidence of the specific violent conduct underlying four of the victim's prior youthful offender adjudications to prove that the victim was the initial aggressor with respect to deadly physical force. Supreme Court properly prohibited the jury from considering that evidence for that purpose, end quote. Next is People v. Nyack, pages 27 and 28 of the March 2023 reversal report. The Second Department found that the defendant should not have been sentenced as a second violent felony offender. Defendant pled guilty to attempted criminal possession of a weapon third which was not a lesser-included offense of any, of any of the offenses charged in the indictment. Therefore, the attempted criminal possession of a weapon third cannot be classified as a violent felony. As the court explained it, quote, A plea of guilty to attempted criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree constitutes a violent felony offense only when the defendant has been initially charged with criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree 
and pleads guilty to the attempted crime as a lesser-included offense. Here, the defendant pleaded guilty to attempted criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree as an added count to the indictment, which did not charge him with the completed crime of criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree. Supreme Court should not have sentenced the defendant as a violent felony offender, end quote. Next is People v. Newman, pages 28 and 29 of the March 2023 reversal report. The court dealt with the issue of lesser-included offenses. Because it's theoretically possible to commit burglary third degree without committing trespass third degree, Trespass third is not a lesser-included offense of burglary third. The court said, quote, The statute requires that both buildings and real property be fenced or otherwise enclosed in order to increase the level of culpability from trespass to criminal trespass in the third degree. Because that enclosure requirement is not an element of burglary in the third degree, it is theoretically possible to commit burglary in the third degree without committing criminal trespass in the third degree, end quote. Next is People v. Watson on page 29. And the court simply held that driving while intoxicated is a lesser-included offense of aggravated driving while intoxicated. So conviction of the greater offense requires dismissal of the lesser-included offense. Next case is People v. Graubard on page 30 of the March 2023 reversal report. Here, the Second Department, in an opinion by Justice Dillon, reversing county court, held one, defendant's marijuana conviction was properly vacated under the Marijuana Regulation and Taxation, Taxation Act, and two, once vacated, the court had the authority to substitute a conviction for the vacated conviction, which it did. But three, the court committed reversible error by failing to consider whether substituting a conviction served the interest of justice, and the matter was remitted for the interest of justice ruling. Under the Marijuana Regulation and Taxation Act, persons convicted of marijuana offenses which have been eliminated or reduced may move to vacate the conviction. Once vacated, the statute allows the substitution of another conviction, but the court must first consider whether the substitution serves the interest of justice. Next is People v. Rodriguez on pages 31 and 32 of the March 2023 reversal report. A misdemeanor information must include factual allegations which support every element of the charged offense. Here, the police officer's unexplained conclusion that the document was forged was insufficient. In addition, the element requiring knowledge the document was forged was not addressed at all by the factual allegations. So the second department reversed the conviction and dismissed the information. Next is People v. Smith, page 
pages 32 and 33. Here, the second department reversed defendant's murder conviction, holding that the evidence defendant committed a bank robbery one month after the murder should not have been admitted under Molyneux. In addition, the court found that the evidence defendant had threatened to kill another witness should not have been admitted under the opening the door theory. This case illustrates the limits that should be placed on allowing Molyneux other crime evidence to come in. Evidence defendant committed a bank robbery after the charged murder was not necessary to fill in a gap in the proof, explain a relationship with a witness, or to demonstrate a consciousness of guilt. Also, testimony the defendant threatened to kill another witness was not admissible under the opening the door theory because there was no misleading testimony to be corrected. Here's how the uh, second department explained the opening the door error. Quote, the extent of redirect examination is, for the most part, governed by the sound discretion of the trial court. The opening the door theory must necessarily be approached on a case-by-case basis. A trial court should decide door opening issues in its discretion by considering whether and to what extent the evidence or argument said to open the door is incomplete and misleading, and what, if any, otherwise inadmissible evidence is reasonably necessary to correct the misleading impression. Here on cross-examination, Defense counsel mostly questioned the witness about the previous lies that the witness told authorities related to certain observations that he made on the night of the murder, which the people had already elicited on direct examination. This did not create a misleading impression that required corrective testimony, end quote. Next case is People v. Estrella on pages 33 and 34 of the March 2023 reversal report. Here, the first department noted that defendant had committed a heinous second-degree murder, but held the statutory requirements for first-degree murder, specifically the torture element and the relishing the inflection of pain element, were not proven. The court explained it this way, quote, the evidence was legally insufficient to prove that defendant inflicted torture on the victim within the meaning of the first-degree murder statute in two respects. First, defendant did not engage in a course of conduct with the intention of inflicting extreme physical pain on the victim. It cannot be reasonably doubted that the fatal blow to the victim's neck caused extreme pain, yet that blow was a single act rather than a course of conduct. Accordingly, the conduct at issue here does not satisfy the statutory definition of torture in that respect. The record also fails to support the conclusion that defendant relished or evidenced a sense of pleasure in the infliction of extreme physical pain. Defendant twice told other gang members that he had hit the victim in the neck in a tone that the listener considered boastful. This did not meet the statutory standard. The statute contemplates evidence that the defendant savored the infliction of extreme pain in the process of inflicting the pain, and for its own sake. The record does not indicate that that occurred here, end quote. 
At this point, I'm going to insert a verification code to be put on your attorney affirmation for this January, February, March 2023 criminal law update CLE. That verification code is torture. Again, I am inserting a verification code in this January, February, March 2023 criminal law update CLE and that verification code is torture. Next is People versus Woody, pages 35 and 36. Here, the First Department, in an opinion by Justice Gesmer, reversed defendant's murder conviction because evidence of a two-year-old possession of a weapon conviction was not admissible under Molyneux and defendant had not opened the door by questioning the propriety of the police officer's belief defendant was armed. Evidence of a prior conviction can be admitted if the defense opens the door to such evidence, even if, as here, the evidence would not be admissible under, under a Molyneux analysis. Although the police officers who chased the defendant believed he was armed because of a bulge in his pocket, no firearm was recovered. At trial, the defendant never questioned the police officer's conclusion that he was armed at the time of the chase. Therefore, defendant did not open the door to allow proof of the possession of a weapon conviction. Next is People v. Jones on page 36 of the March 2023 reversal report. The police are required to give notice of their purpose before entering a residence. Merely announcing that they are police is not enough. Here, the First Department reversed Supreme Court and suppressed the evidence because the police did not announce their purpose, that being the execution of an arrest warrant, until after they were inside. The court explained it this way, quote, The hearing evidence supports findings as follows. The police executing the arrest warrant knocked and heard movement in the apartment but received no response. They announced that they were police and again received no response, and they then entered the apartment after finding that the door was unlocked. Only after opening the door and after entering the apartment, a detective announced NYPD arrest warrant. There was no evidence that in any way suggests that the police, before entering the apartment, attempted to satisfy the statutory requirement of giving notice of their purpose, and it cites Criminal Procedure Law Section 120.80. End of quote. Next is People v. Case, pages 37 and 38 of the March 2023 reversal report. Here the defendant was convicted of grand larceny for overcharging her employer. The restitution should not have included the employer's labor costs associated with investigating the crime or the travel expenses for witnesses who testified at trial. With respect to the costs incurred by witnesses who testified at trial, the fourth department in this case refused to follow the third department which has allowed restitution to include those costs. 
Next is People versus Coberly, page 38. Here the Fourth Department held that consecutive sentences of post-release supervision are illegal. The court said, quote, Penal Law, Section 70.45, Subdivision 5C, requires that when a person is subject to two or more periods of post-release supervision, those periods merge with and are satisfied by the service of the period having the longest unexpired term to run. End quote. Next is People v. McDowell on page 39. Here, the Fourth Department, remitting the matter for resentencing, held that a sentence below the statutory minimum is illegal. Next is People v. Brown on page 41. Here, the Second Department held the indictment was properly dismissed on speedy trial grounds. Although the people had timely announced readiness for trial, the announcement was illusory because no certificate of compliance with their discovery obligations had been filed. The people's announcement, therefore, did not stop the speedy trial clock. Next is People v. Gaskin on pages 42 and 43 of the March 2023 Reversal Report. Here, in another Certificate of Compliance with Discovery case, the Fourth Department remitted the matter for a determination whether the People's Certificate of Compliance was filed in good faith. At the time the certificate was filed, discovery was still outstanding. The court explained, quote, Defendant moved to dismiss the indictment on speedy trial grounds, arguing that the people's failure to provide all of the discovery required by Criminal Procedure Law, Section 245.20, rendered the Certificate of Compliance improper and the Statement of Readiness illusory. Defendant argued that the people should be charged with the entire eight-month period and that the indictment should be dismissed. The court denied defendant's motion concluding that the, people, the people's certificate of compliance was proper because defendant had not been prejudiced by the people's belated disclosure of certain required discovery and that the statement of readiness, therefore, was not illusory. The court's use of a prejudice-only standard for evaluating the propriety of the certificate of compliance was error because the clear and unambiguous terms of Criminal Procedure Law Section 245.50 established that a certificate of compliance is proper where its filing is in good faith and reasonable under the circumstances. On a Criminal Procedure Law 3030 motion, the question is not whether defendant was prejudiced by an improper certificate of compliance. So the takeaway here, a premature certificate of compliance with discovery is illusory if it is not filed in good faith. Whether a defendant was prejudiced by the delay in receiving discovery is not relevant. Next is People v. Regan on pages 43 and 44. Here the Court of Appeals, in an opinion by Judge Wilson, held the inexplicable delay in seeking a DNA sample from the defendant in this rape case violated defendant's right to a speedy trial. The complainant 
reported the rape right away and named the defendant as the perpetrator. The defendant denied having sex with the complainant and refused to voluntarily provide a DNA sample. 38 months later, that's over three years later, the people applied for and were granted a warrant for the DNA sample. Defendant was convicted after a trial. The majority opinion went through the Taranovich case, which is 37 New York 2nd, 442. It went through those uh, Taranovich pre-indictment delay factors. Although much longer pre-indictment delays have been excused, here the unexplained 38-month delay in applying for a warrant for a DNA sample from the defendant violated defendant's right to a speedy trial and required a reversal of the rape conviction. Next is People v. Austin on pages 44 and 45 of the March 2023 reversal report. Here, the 4th Department held the motion to suppress the 22 caliber magazine found in defendant's pocket after a street chase should have been granted. The defendant's flight did not justify the chase and the stop. As the court explained it, quote, the police witness testified that he received a report that two black males wearing dark clothing had fled the scene of an armed robbery. Soon after receiving the report, while driving in the vicinity of the incident, the officer observed two individuals in dark clothing who fled as soon as the officer stopped his vehicle. The officer could not determine the gender or race of the individuals as he approached because they were facing away from him. Assuming that police lawfully approached defendant and the second individual to request information about the robbery, the subsequent pursuit of defendant was unlawful. The officer's testimony did not establish the, indiv the individuals matched the sex or race of the robbery suspects, and the evidence was therefore insufficient to demonstrate that the officer had a reasonable suspicion that defendant had committed or was about to commit a crime. Although defendant ran from the officer, flight alone is insufficient to justify pursuit because an individual has a right to be let alone and refuse to respond to police inquiry, end of quote. So the takeaway here, flight alone, in the absence of any other factor, will not justify a police chase and stop. Next is People versus Austin, pages 45 and 46. Here the Fourth Department held the visual speed estimates by police officers did not justify the traffic stop. The seized evidence was suppressed and the indictment was dismissed. The traffic stop was based on the officer's conclusion the vehicle in which defendant was a passenger was traveling at 40 to 45 miles an hour in a 30 miles per hour zone. At the suppression hearing, no evidence of the officer's training or qualifications for visual speed estimates was presented. The people therefore did not prove the legality of the traffic stop. As the court explained it, quote, the people failed to establish the officer's training and qualifications to support their visual estimates of the speed of the vehicle in which defendant was a passenger. 
inasmuch as the people failed to meet their burden of showing the legality of the police conduct in stopping the vehicle in which the defendant was a passenger in the first instance, we conclude that the court erred in refusing to suppress the physical evidence seized as a result of the traffic stop, end quote. And that concludes this um, January, February, March 2023 Criminal Law Update CLE.